welcome to Four Spikes. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host Greg. Say hi, Greg. Hello. We are here to talk about Magic, a game that we all love, and we assume that if you're listening to this, you love it as well. We're going to introduce ourselves. We're going to talk a little bit about what this podcast is. Then we'll go into some discussions about a cube draft we did last night, some different ideas on formats we might go over for my birthday drafting. And we're going to then go over Pro Tour Amsterdam and the awesomeness that occurred there. We just got the coverage in, so uh, it's fresh to us. If you're listening to this, it might be a day or two old because we have to upload the podcast, but uh, it's still going to be pretty fresh, and that is what we have for our show today. We'll begin with our intros. My name is Jonathan, and... Uh, my name is Greg. And we are both pretty competitive players. I'd say we're both classified as spikes, right? Absolutely. Okay, and Greg, why don't you just explain for anyone that doesn't know what a spike player is? Sure. So there are three different classifications of players. Most people fall into 10% of this, 50% of this, 40% of this. Johnny, Timmy, and Spike. Now, Johnny is like a combo player, somebody that likes to have cards in their deck that are like four paragraphs long and take forever to read. Nobody understands them, and that's interesting to a Johnny player. Timmy is... Somebody that likes to cast 12, 12 creatures and... They like big things. Yeah, they like big creatures, yeah. And then, and then a, a, a spike is a player that's more focused on competitive play, more, more focused on building efficient decks that are designed to, to win. And whatever, whatever means is, is most efficient at that goal. Right. So. so spike players sometimes, you know, play a creature deck with a lot of fatties in it, a combo deck, etc., etc., but it's about being competitive. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever makes the most sense in that right. setting, that tournament, at that time. Yeah, so, uh, and the name for Spikes that we came up with after a little bit of back and forth between what we're going to name this podcast is actually a throwback to a little bit of an older card. It is one blue, and back then it was an interrupt, although now it would be considered an instant counter-target spell, unless it's controller pays one mana, so it's one blue for an instant counterspell unless they pay one. Uh, mana Tithe is the newest iteration of this, but it's a great card and very spiky card back in the day. Yeah, just a great card all around. Moving right along, we both played in our buddy Tom's cube last night. We, are, we hail from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we have a really good magic scene here. Yeah, there's true. Yeah, there's... there's it, probably there's, like there's, 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 there's like there's, six there's like six yeah. different places you could go and play F and M for example, and they all have pretty good turnout. It's all within um, half an half hour of each other. Yeah. yeah, depending on traffic, half an hour, and it's also great because you have because we have a lot of range there, right? Like you Absolutely. have everything from you know there's an ultra casual scene. There's yeah. um, two Very. different types of of you know draft scenes. One that's both that are ultra competitive. One's on the cheaper side. One that's got a really great prize support. And then we've got a really large range for standard as well, from free to entry. And the only prize is the, the F and M foil right? to you know five bucks is kind of the gold standard. We have a nice range in Milwaukee. We also have a nice uh, a lot of options, which is nice, but also a healthy environment. I would say absolutely. And not only that, but we but I would say it further extends to outside of the stores. I, for example, regularly host a Sunday night draft. Uh, if anyone's in the Milwaukee area, we'll put our contact information in the show later and in the show notes. But I, I usually host, after depending on work and everything else, a Sunday night draft. And we get at least, you know, we get usually at least six players. At most, I've had 20 people that 
gets a little complicated and we have to figure things out. But on average, we get eight to ten. It depends yeah, I mean, on the yeah, week and depends yeah. on everything else going on and how much, you know, effort I want to put into it. But, you know, so I have that. There's at least four of the ones I know about that do, if not regular, semi-regular ones. And also, you know, my house is a little bit more competitive. Some players are less competitive. We have tons of people that just meet up regularly and they'll just call someone like, hey, you want to heads up draft? And, you know, I can name off the top of my head eight guys that just do that regularly, at least probably like two or three times a week. So... You know, even outside of the stores, what's really cool... Yeah, the, the, your ability to draft, I mean, yeah. almost any day of the week... Players I mean, are organizing, crazy. yeah. Because, yeah, it's you, awesome. I mean, you just get a random text, hey, you want to meet up at the Gyro place, and... Yeah. Yeah, yep. so... So anyway, it's a pretty competitive scene here. It's also got a lot of casual... It's, it's a healthy environment. Our buddy Tom, who's a phenomenal guy, also... he He's not the most active Magic player around I would say like he doesn't play in every tournament he's not super competitive in that standpoint but he's amazing at organizing these great events of his house especially first of all just putting together his cube because it's beautiful you know we just we one of our buddies is getting married and he ended up um, selling off some of his cards and he but he had full set of duels and you know it was beautiful like all yeah, around just cool. all pimped out stuff one of our friends does custom art um, so a lot of the stuff is it looks really pretty. It's great. And he put all that together and he puts in all the effort to organize it and do all that stuff. And for his birthday party last night, before we went out and got some food, got some drinks, and some of us engaged in some <laughs> interesting... There's a little bit of grappling going on. Yes. <laughs> there was some little, Greco... Little, little wrestle, wrestle. <laughs> yeah, there was some WrestleMania action, I guess. It's not I... Greco-Roman. It, they, were, they were wearing their clothes. Okay. Well, <laughs> it was suggested. I... Bobby Hill almost dropped, dropped his crowd, but it didn't happen. Okay. Okay. Well, I left before any of that matters began. I luckily got to spend the evening with my beautiful lady and did not have to... I <laughs> uh, see. Endure the madness. The it madness. A, it was a great, great time. Anyone get thrown down? But anyway, before all that craziness, <laughs> I don't even know. By the way, I don't even see. So, so it's just long story short. So you guys, you so you left the bar and then just went to a field or something. Yeah. yeah so so the last bar that we were at during the majority of that the stay at that bar, probably uh-huh. half an hour to forty minutes. They were talking, uh, um, Matt and, and Bobby Hill were talking about grappling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I think it was suggested earlier in the night, and, and somebody brought it up again, and, and they're both like, I don't understand how serious, <laughs> I don't think you understand how serious I am. No, I don't think you understand how serious I am. <laughs> so, you know, me, me and Tom were like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be epic. Wow. <laughs> so well, everybody finished their drinks, and Tom's like, I know some grass around the corner, because, I mean, we're... We're in kind of like a downtown-ish area. There's not a whole lot of grass, but you, you walk about a block, <laughs> a block away. There's grass, and there's a dog in the, in the back of that particular um, oh, wow. place. So <laughs> Tom had a oh camera, was taking some pictures, and, and every couple p- pictures, uh, the dog would the dog would bark, and he'd like like hide the camera. Was afraid of like something. <laughs> it was, oh it was just epic. This, well, this is <laughs> the end of a very long night for our buddy's birthday, and you yeah, know, so it, was, it was Tom's birthday, by the way. That was that was the reason that, that this group got. And what kind and what kind of birthday doesn't end up with dogs barking, pictures taken, <laughs> and Bobby Hill wrestling Mike, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, it sounds awesome. Not too upset that I got to spend the night with my lady, but anyway, so that sounds fun. And and yeah, great group of guys. Tom is a great guy. Puts together this cube. Put together a cube draft before we went out for all that. 
It was a great draft, I thought. I mean, it's such a fun... It was, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Well, it, was, oh, it, was, it, was 12, it was 12 men, which is, which is you know, yeah. as, as most people know, that's fairly awkward number, one table. Normally, we would we would break that into two sixes. I'm not sure what the rationale was today. But I think that it actually played out fairly well for a 12 man. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I've, I've done six mans and, and also done straight up 12, you know, people. And I would say that uh, it's a lot less awkward. I What I really find awkward is having buys, having odd numbers. That really... Just especially the way that they do the pairings at his house. At my house, it's always sweeps, swept, heads up. And I'd like to get the listener's point of view on that. And for tiebreakers. Yeah, for tiebreakers. What do you guys think? Sweeps, swept, heads up. Some people do percentages. If you're good at math, you can do that. Some people do they, they Some actually, people do heads up and then sweeps and then swept. Uh, and it also depends if you're doing a four-man, if you're doing a six-man. That that does come into play. And, and also... Let's just explain what a cube is, just in case anyone doesn't know. You you guys have all probably heard of this, but a cube is basically a draft format where you take the best cards of the format, and you put them all together in a cube, and you equalize out, so it's the same amount of black cards, red cards, etc. You put in a certain amount of artifacts and lands, and multicolored cards, and you make random quote-unquote packs out of that. So you randomize the cards into 15 set quote-unquote packs. Everyone sits around the table, and you just draft that. And yeah, one, one thing I want to add is the entertainment is not that you're just taking random cards. You now you can. There's there's a bunch of different types of cubes. You can do a popper cube where it's all all commons or blah 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 blah. blah. But most of the cubes and the fun cubes are where you just take the most broken cards right. of like all right. time. So you've got skull clamp, you've got ancestral proof, you know, you got you've got just broken right. broken cards. When you I mean how often do you get to play time walk? You know, like right. like actual. Time right, two mana, not yeah. five mana time walk, two mana <laughs> yeah. time walk. So, like, it, it's just phenomenal. It's um, so fun. And, and, the, and the, the play is, is great. And there's a lot of, it's, it's actually quite a bit, it might just seem, I don't know, for someone that's never done it before, it might seem just totally stupid because, you know, oh, whoever gets the da-da-da, you know, but there's actually quite a bit of intricate interactions that can take place. Like, I remember my first cube ever was at Tom's house, and I don't remember exactly, I was playing against Rhino, that's who it was. Did I tell you about this? No. Okay, this is the first cube ever that I played in, and this was when Tom, right after Tom got his together, and I was just matched up against Rhino. We should bring him out. I want to get his perspective on this, on this. but uh, I drafted a blue-red deck, and my first pick, first pack, was Library of Alexandria, which I love. Sure. I love that card. And so this is how the turn, this is how the turn went. He's playing a black um, graveyard manipulation deck with a lot of like broken stuff you can get out cheaply and whatever. Sure. So, I believe he. I was on the. Was I on the play? No, he was on the play. Okay, so he plays land. Coming to play tap land, go. I play uh, Library of Alexandria, go. He plays another land and plays a 2-1 that can remove guys from your graveyard, or else if you have no guys in your graveyard, if you activate the ability, he becomes a 4-2, you know, that guy from Kamigawa or whatever. So he plays that. I draw a card at the end of his turn, my turn. Play my land, play a mox, draw a card, time walk, untap. So I have now mountain, mountain, blue mox, library of Alexandria. Draw a card for my turn, draw another card, um, red mox, is a Kronarch. Get back my Time Walk. Go. He plays his turn, uh, gets um, another creature on the board, passes the turn. I play Time Walk, or I, I sorry, I draw, uh, play Time Walk, draw my extra card, play land, get Goblin Matron, 
Goblin Matron up, Kiki Jiki. My second turn, land, draw a card, play Kiki Jiki, copy my Isakron arc, and take in free turns. So I went infinite on basically turn three, and it was totally amazing. And that was the first cube I ever drafted. Um, and I had a couple, I actually had like four or five combos in that deck that I, that, that you could do, but nonetheless, it was a super fun format, and it still is, and we actually had another friend, our friend Adam just made up a tribal cube. Did you get to play in that last week with us? Mm. No? Okay, well, you'll have to check that out. It's really interesting, but there's a lot of different iterations. Last night we played Tom's Cube, and we had varied results from the 12-man, uh, and it's cool, because you just put in a pack, ante, play for a whole night of fun, it's cheap, and you can win something, you know, but it's really just interesting the different interactions you can have. So, Greg, what was the deck you drafted last night? It was uh, Black, Red, Splash of Green for Lava Lance, which is my favorite card, um, I think. Now that I'm... Now that I keep playing it, um, it's just it's just won me so many games. What do you like about it? Cubes. Give me. I want it. Wipes the board. I mean, it wipes the board and so it's a one-sided wrath. Yeah, it's a one, it's a one-sided wrath while also you know earthquaking or you know bane firing your opponent. You know, it's just it's insane. So in case you don't know, I mean, we, we we've just been mentioning a bunch of cards that you very well may not know, but um, Lavalanche is uh, John colors green, black, red, X. Deal damage equal to X to each of target player or the target opponent creatures and to target opponent. So if you if you spend eight mana on it, you're dealing five damage to each of the creatures and five to the face. Whenever I see that card, if I if if I'm in two of those colors, I'll splash for the third because of that card, because in cubes you've got um, There's a lot of fixing. You've got a lot you've got a lot of good fixing. So you can you can easily play three or four Five right. colors. Right. So um, whenever I see that card, I just say, "All right, was I playing aggro? I can make it work. Was I playing control? Awesome. You know, it doesn't matter. That card to me is so phenomenal that if I'm playing two of those colors, I will instantly, you know, pick it over over a lot of of, of what pick was it? I'm just curious. Um, I think it was real early. I think it was. I think it was. Um, one of my first, like, three. I don't think it was my first one. Was it in your first pack? I, 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 picked, up, I picked up a Mox first. Picked the, I picked the black, the black Mox first. Was it in your first pack? Yes, absolutely. So it's pack one, like, pick three or four? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and it, and it set so you built So you built a, a Jun colored deck, mostly just it, black. It really, I mean, the only, the only other, the only other, um, I had a couple of green cards that I got it, like the end that I was forced to pick up or whatever. The only the only other card that I would, would have considered playing, but I, I didn't because it was such an early drop, was... Okay, so you got Pusher Leech. Okay, so yeah. you got so you got a black-red deck, yeah. Splash for a Lava Lunch. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's got it's got Doomblade, it's got the um, three co- um, black, two colorless, um, Echo Guy when it comes into play, destroy target non-black, non-artifact creature. Um... So it's got it's got animate dead. It's got a, it's got a, I think another form of recursion. It's got um, an, a fair amount of burn, like like fl- um, flame javelin. Um, yeah, you had the flame javelin. Fl- flame, flame javelin and lightning. Um, so and s- some really really good efficient um, red and and black creatures and. And I did all right. I punted a game against Brennan, which was what was the pun? I didn't see that. So Brennan's got a a, a mono black deck with Bitter Blossom, Frontier Arena. Uh, I didn't see that, but what, what I saw was it, in in play during okay. this particular game. He's got Bitter Blossom. He's got three fairies, 
and he's got a 3-2 fear dude that did something Shrikma. when he came into play, and I think it has a Vogue. Shrikma, yeah. 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 So, that's his board, and I've got in hand, so he's he's at 14 life. Uh-huh. I've got in hand a Lavalanche, a, a card that's effectively a Bane Fire. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, if you're sure. having Bane Fire. That is Bane Fire. Oh, um, Demon Fire, Demon Fire, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, and Flame Javelin, that's, that's my hand. And I look, I look at the fact that he's at 14 life and the mana base that I had, um, with the Chroma Mox and, and, and the mana that I had, I can Flame Javelin him at the end of his turn, and then I can spend the next two turns... Just doming just, him. Just doming him, and, and I'm going to get there. So all, all I need is, is two more turns. Sure. He's got, he's got this board that can't get there right. in that And he's taking time. one damage each turn. Yeah. Exactly, with 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 the, with the bit of I opt to go for that um, on his on his turn that that I'm going to be going playing javelin him. He plays a Eldrazi monument, and I I look at it and I'm like, okay, so he's going to be getting one dude per turn. I mean, interaction between Eldrazi monument and Blossom is you know well documented as great. <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah. Eldrazi monument plus anything that puts a creature into in, a token into play every every turn is is, is really good. So he's going to be paying a life to, to keep Eldrazi Monument alive, basically. He's got three dudes in this and this, this three two. It's kind of a lot. I, I, I did the, I did the quick math and was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna live another turn, and I'm I'm gonna be able to draw. But I kind of just stopped there and I and I and I flame javelin. I said, okay, I let it resolve, and then I, I flame javelin him. That t- turned out to be quite fatal in a number of different ways, and one away from killing him when I need to, which is. Turn. So anyway, he, he, he drops Eldrazi Monument, he swings with his team, I'm I'm now in, in, in critically low life range, I top deck a one red, one cause, I don't remember the name, it deals three damage to target creature, Clash. If you win the Clash... Lash you, out. What's that? Lash out. Lash out. If you win the Clash, you do three damage, damage to, 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 to the player. And I'm like, okay, so I do, I, I, I do the math with this, I can do the pseudo Bane Fire plush the lash out and I will deal lethal to I will deal lethal minus one to him right. and during his upkeep he'll he'll die to his own bitter blossom. Right. That's one option because I'm I'm one I'm 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 one too short if I just use the, the pseudo banefire. The lava lanch doesn't do me any good because I can't I mean I can I can I can only do like you know five or whatever to him and to all his creatures which but doesn't do me any good because they're indestructible. So I do what I, oh, the only thing that I can at that point, which is I, you know, I, I lash out one of his creatures because I can still target them, and, and all I need to do is, is to win, win the clash, win the clash right. and I, I get a land. So, so if you instead take out the 4-3 indestructible fear if, flying if, guy, if I take you live him one out more turn. In response to the Eldrazi right. Monument, if I kill right. him, you live I live another turn, and, and I win. Right. Because, because you I've got could have so lava, much damage. Because you could, have, you could have Lava Lanch for the extra five points. Correct. Correct. Right. Correct. Okay. So... You punted it. I, I did. I, I did, and, gotcha. and and it was really disappointing because I crushed his I crushed his face in when the previous game, and, and I and I lost I lost on the draw in the first game. He turned to him to Turok. My my lava lanch and my other non land in my hand, and I got flooded. I literally saw um, I saw one other spell for the rest of that game before I got aggroed out. Right. Which is, I mean, uh, you know, that's, that's, that can happen. Tech, you know, that's that can just happen. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just real, real frustrating. Okay. Yeah. So, it was yeah. fun. 
Well, that sounds that sounds interesting. Yeah, and that's and that's an interesting point. Is you always got to do your math correctly because that extra turn is super relevant. Obviously, even if it's one point, just like in chess. That's why whenever I'm talking to someone who plays Magic, I always ask them if they play chess. And if they don't, I say, well, you should learn how to play chess because the skills in chess, are, you know, that part of your brain is super relevant. And being able to go, because it's not really that hard, if you think about it. There's only, in cube, it's a little harder in vintage where there's more cards, but there's a certain amount of inter of possible interactions that can happen. And sometimes you don't account for them, you just get blown up by something you never saw coming. But for the most part, you can say, well, this can happen, then this can happen, this can happen, or this can happen, then it'll happen that way, that way, that way, and play it out in your mind, and then make your decision. But the thing that pisses me off in chess, just like in Magic, which is, you know, the other side of it, and it really annoys me when I'm trying to teach someone who is, like, super smart and should get it right, but it's just like, the, I don't know why, but I just get frustrated by it. It doesn't actually, it's just a poor reflection on me, actually. <laughs> but I just get frustrated because I'll say, like, well, why did you make this move in chess or in Magic? Why did you do this? Sure. Especially in chess, you'll get this all the time by, by newer players, I think, who don't quite, you know, it just hasn't clicked yet. So, well, I don't know, I just, you know, either they're impatient or they didn't know what to do, so they felt nervous or anxious. I don't know why, I just moved there to have a move. Well, no, even if, even if your logic is not top shelf, like if it's not the sure. best possible logic, you sh still should be, there should be a process between, you know, behind your moves. Just like in Magic, a lot of times people, and this really separates kind of like, People who are just transitioning into competitive from not at all competitive, they'll say, well, I don't know why I did this. I just did it to do a move. I just did it to use my mana. I just did it. And when you press them a little further, they don't really have a reason. And that's really the next level. And that's what you got to take them to. Say, well, next time, or for this time even, let's, let's take it back. Let's think about what potential interactions you could have. And you take it to the next step, like with you. Say, well, if I go one, two, three moves ahead, you could only have this card, this card, this card, or this card. Like, he could have the sinkhole, right? He could sure. have a sinkhole to blow up your land, sure. and you would have been one mana shy for two of the burn spells. Although, uh, he doesn't have sinkhole because I, uh, because I, I had or it play against mine. me earlier. Yeah, no, or I, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was played against me with a different opponent. <laughs> or, or whatever. But yeah, no, I, I know. He could have strip mine, he could have wasteland, he could have any of those. And and, 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 and and you can say, well, if he has that, I need to play around, you know, I need to play with that in mind, or if he has you know, some kind, you know, maybe, I don't know, corrupt or whatever. So going, you know, back and forth in your mind between all the potentials that he could have. And also, you know, the, the further you get out in the cube or in any draft, you don't know because you've got 11 people that you're yeah. passing around to, so yeah. you don't know what he saw because going one way or the other, there's it's a lot of cards. a number of cards that I just never and saw. And Brendan wasn't sitting close to you. He was, he was right, he was he across. Was, he was to the left. Oh, he's oh, okay. Bobby and, then, and then Brendan. Okay. So I, I actually, thinking... I, I, I knew, I knew that he had Bear, Bear Blossom. I, I opened Bear Blossom in my first pack. It was his third pick. So you took the um, mox over. The... I took, I took the mox over the Bear Blossom. Okay. I. That's fair. That's fair. It, it, I, I think, I think that it was, it, it was correct. But I, I definitely stared down that Bitter Blossom because that's a Bitter strong is so good. card. Yeah. A turn no, two Bitter Blossom in cube can be very hard to come back from. Very, very good. Yeah. No, Especially I, with Tom's, who doesn't have that much enchantment removal. There's not very much enchantment. There's that disenchant? There's disenchant. <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's, not, there's not a whole lot of um, uh, yeah, other colors. I mean, there's Crimson Grip. There's Orm's Chant. There's, there's, I can think of... There's a couple. He, he has a couple, but like my cube, I have a lot more enchantment removal, specifically because some of the enchantments like that are just so, so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, okay, so that was your draft deck. That was your, your draft. I, I also drafted in the cube, and mine... Was yeah, it only you know I also was there you know I only four right right <laughs> well you know 
I, I, I'll put it like this. I got lucky because really to me in a cube, even if someone might necessarily have the best deck, in a cube the cards are so powerful and there's so much haymakers in the format that you can never really be comfortable and you can never be safe. It's not a very controlled environment. So I'll say, yeah, I did win. I went 4-0. But, you know, there, there has to be some luck involved in any cube, I think, because there's so many haymakers and so many interactions that could go one way or the other. You know, one game of Mana Screw, two games of Mana Flood, anything can go for, anyway, and that happens. Yeah. And that happened with me. So my opponents, you know, got, um, you know, had to mulligan. Tom got stuck on one land. I don't know why he kept one lander, but he got stuck on one land. Sure. And, you know, he, and he destroyed me game two like i just smashed him game one so he got he kept a one land after mulling uh i aggressively mulled to five in game i think oh no that was game three i mulled five well game two he just had tremendously fast start amazing start and he also uh i think he disrupted my mana somehow and he just smashed me like it was oh that's what it was it was birds of paradise into boggart ram game what's that it's a three three for three hybrid it's a it's you know, one of those hybrid red-green. Mm-hmm. So it's red-green, red-green, red-green. So it's three converted mana cost, haste, wither. Okay. So, and I'm playing a slow blue-white-red deck. So he goes Birds of Paradise into that. Next turn, uh, this equipment, I and I, we should look this up. I don't have the internet in my apartment, though. I can't remember the name of it, but it's an equipment for three mana. Equipped cost is zero. Target creature gets plus three, plus two. And when the equipment... Uh, is removed from the creature, just sacrifice the creature. Sure, sure. You know, he just comes at me, it's, you know, a 3-6-6, and he also was able to, I think he destroyed a land or something, um, and the one turn where I could have come back, he had another creature. So his deck definitely has potential like that. And I would say, uh, overall, if if we took a whole deck apart and everything, I would say my deck is probably more powerful. But in cube... Any deck can the worst deck get can just if the right smash. if the right if the right combination of cards right. that are in that deck meets a somewhat suboptimal right. you know, draw from the other deck, it just gets yeah. there. But that's that's the entertainment of the format, you know, yeah. because you, because skill and, and and you know actually playing and, and recognizing what interactions exist in your deck, right. you know, oh, that's that, that that comes through. So it's and I think it also requires a lot of. Like, I sometimes, well, as you probably have noticed, I sometimes take an annoyingly long time on my turns. But I only do it because I'm going, you'll see me, like, I'll, I always, and I, it's probably really annoying to play against, but I always, like, sit back, my eyes go up, you know, like, I always, you know, put my eyes up, I'm looking, I'm, I don't know, there's a psychological thing, I'm using that part of my brain, or whatever. And I always kind of tilt my head up and I'm looking, and in my mind's eye, I'm just going over each interaction I think there could be, and I'm kind of playing over these different variations in my head. Do you remember those? <laughs> you know what it's like. You remember those choose your own adventure books? You're like, turn to page seven. You know, <laughs> unlock the door. The dragon eats you. Yeah, you, go, yeah. you know, it's a new ending. You know, or whatever. So it's kind of like that. It's kind of like you're walking down all these different paths in your mind. And you're like, oh, I'll knock on this door. Oh, dragon. Okay, kind of turn back. <laughs> oh, I'll go down this door. There's a pot of gold and you know these three angry leprechauns, and they want me to solve a riddle. Okay, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know where it's coming from, but <laughs> okay, I'm gonna bring it back. I'm gonna bring it back. <laughs> so basically, what I mean is that you're just going through these different interactions in your mind and each different path there's there's almost always there's always an optimal path but it's just and that's just part of the fun of the game is figuring out what that path is so i was playing actually a pretty complicated white blue red deck which are my favorite color combinations so i love america 
in France and <laughs> Serbia and all the other countries. Oh, yeah, but I love America. And <laughs> um, I'm going over, you know, I have, and I had a really good deck, I think. I had Isakron Arc, which is one of my favorite cards in the set. I had Prophetic Bolt, which goes way too late. That card is redonkulous. As a chronic friend who doesn't know, is three red, blue, so it's converted mana cost five for a two two. When it comes to play, return target instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. So it's redonkulous in the cube because you have all sorts of powerful instants and sorceries. I have prophetic bolt, which is also three red, blue, converted mana cost five for an instant deal four damage target creature player. And look at the top four cards of your library. Put one to your hand, the rest in the bottom of your library in any order. So it's a combination of Impulse and Fire and uh, Flame Javelin. And it's redonkulous. It's one of my favorite cards. It's got me... Digging four deep is so powerful. So especially with Recursion and all sorts of crazy sure. interactions you can have. So I, uh, I was able to... I, I had one game, I remember, I was playing against Tony, who had... Is it... I mean, he had uh, Nicobolas. Yep. So he Nicobolas takes control of my Sun Titan... And I and I almost came back from that game. But I don't know if you're watching that, but that was one of the ones where I was able to prophetic bolt his Nicobolas and then if I can and then there's like four different ways I can win that game. But he and he oh oh and he only has two cards in his hand, one of them which I know I I I'm pretty sure well doesn't matter. He gets the you know he 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 has the card he needed um, and and blows me up. But it's just one of those things where sometimes you just got to take a step back and think. Well, what are my possible outs? Play to those outs and think about all the different combinations that you can go through the match and go through the game and go through the play, and never be one of those players. Never one of those newbie chess players who just makes a move because you're bored or makes a move because you're impetuous or makes a move because you don't know what the right move is and you just get frustrated. Even if it takes a while and people get upset, they say, okay, but I'm going to take a step and think about this. So that's my suggestion. Greg, you are, and you are definitely the master at that. <laughs> yeah, you, talking about people being annoyed at you for taking too long. Yeah, I don't get that impression. <laughs> usually, well, almost, usually you're not, yeah, but not I like that's a, usually also deflecting. <laughs> well, 90, like, like, the vast majority of my turns are very quick. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, quick player i'm my, it's just my personality i'm very you know fast but there are the there's a 10 percent where i'll really i'll be like hold on you know my opponent wants to do something like, hold on and i'll sure. take a step back and i have to go through and clock everything and there are a lot of players who I don't have that yeah i mean I, I, you're I, like I that the other way it's like 90 10 the other way yeah but, and unfortunately but the other story that all draws in mind it was 10 percent where i was just like i was I, w- I had I had a plan and I was I was sticking to it because I didn't think that it was relevant enough and I just punted by right. by by letting it resolve. And it's almost better from your perspective to have it the other way because people might make fun of you for being a slow player or whatever. Yeah. But at least they're but at least they're used to it. Yeah. Like for me, when I take a long time, a lot of times people not a lot of times actually, but sometimes people. You know, no, in terms of the social the social aspect of that, I actually I actually think that you're you're in better shape from from that because. Because you don't usually take a long time, it doesn't. It's not going to impact the round time. It's not going. You 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 earn that you know that goodwill of take as much time as you need. If you know you know you've earned that in, in the majority of the, the players' time. 
in, in my case, I could be thinking about which land to drop as far as my opponent is concerned. You know, like, and, and that's... And sometimes, well, it's really not the case. I well, mean, sometimes, wrong, sometimes, sometimes that, that yeah. particular scenario, yeah, I can't, I can't come up with a, a better, better example well, I than that. that. But at the same time, <laughs> I would defend the crap out of, out of you know, if, if you, <laughs> you know, sometimes that's that's appropriate. Maybe you need to take a, a second to to not screw up and play either second black when you when you've only got one red to play and you want to play, you know, right. uh, your dragon lord or whatever. You know, if you've got good good options. You want to keep and my only my only suggestion for that is simply the more you play and the more you play a certain deck and the more you play tests, the more you play the quicker you'll get because those interactions will become more you you you'll recognize patterns. Absolutely, absolutely. Just like and, in, that's, and that's one of the things. I mean, and that's uh, and that's something that you know my, my pace of play in a limited format such as drafting an eleven, for example. One, you know. I've drafted M11 so much that you know, right. my pace of play is quite quick because I understand all the interactions on my side and likely the majority of the interactions that right. are possible on my opponent's side once I see a couple lands. Right. So that's not the case with Q because I was gone for so long. You know, not playing from Uridin to Zendikar. Right. There's right. a lot of sets there. Right. 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 <laughs> There's a lot of cards that I I didn't play with them Although... when they were in standard. I didn't play with them <laughs> when they were you know limited. Um, you know the first go around. So as a result. There's some things that are almost second nature with some of these right. really powerful cards that, to me, although well, let me just piggyback off that because, interestingly enough, uh, we both took off for quite a while during match. We both came back to it, and those are the same sets that I missed. And I, you know, you came back with that card? No, but I came back after Mirrodin and after Kamigawa and all those. I came back. When did I come back? I came back briefly for Ravnica. Which was awesome, and I left again, and then I came back. Was it Alara? Maybe Alara was my first one back. What was the one before Alara? Um, Lorwyn Black. Oh no no that's Lauren right that's right no no Lorwyn was when I came back. Lorwyn was when I came back. That's right. Which was I I was not as as fun to draft I think. But anyway, yeah, Lorwyn was when I came back, and uh, that was. That was the time I took off, but I, but I, uh, but I also wasn't around for those same sets as I'm saying. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Sure, doesn't matter. Sure. And and Just and I, I picked up on quite. A, I mean, I picked up on quite a bit of those sets. Um, right. You know, in in, in in a relatively short period. Like of you time. know, to windmill slam a gym. Yeah. For example. Or a skull clamp. Or a skull clamp. You know, double windmill slam. You know. <laughs> right. Right. So okay. So enough with the cube. Cube is awesome. And by the way. If you don't have a cube in your playgroup, get one. Get your friends together, proxy it up, do whatever you need to do. It is so fun. And it's also... It's really, it's really cheap, actually. That, I mean, when you, when you look at the, the, not, not the short, the, the, the upfront cost, the investment cost. It's a one-time cost. Could be, could be a little bit. But when you're playing it, I mean, most of the time, as, as Jonathan um, said earlier, you're usually playing for a pack ahead. So you're playing, you're putting one pack in, rather than when you draft, where you're, you're putting in three packs, or some people even, you know, want four packs, three packs, and you put one into the prize pool as opposed to rare drafting, but anyway, um, you know, you're not going to mention any names on that one. It's, just <laughs> incre it's just incrementally, you know, making making the draft more expensive. By the way, I like drafting four packs, but go ahead. <laughs> um, anyway, so... So it's so really cheap as far as the... As far, what's, what's... Yeah, it's, there's a... Uh, Kind of a upfront capital cost you're investing, but the maintenance is yeah. And if you and the more cards that you that you have somebody you know write on the you know 
you know, I, I don't know. You what can do you take think? a bunch of commons and you can, and you can make you can make a, a, a budget cube for really cheap. Right. Even if it's not like a power cube, even if it's just a tribal cube like our buddy did. He didn't invest. He, what did he say? $50 for the whole thing? And that's really fun to play. So that's basically... Cheap, that's, that's, cheaper, that's, that's cheaper than, 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 than uh, you know, a second tier standard deck. It's cheaper than Jace. It's cheaper than Jace. Okay. Than, than, than one Jace the Mind Sculptor. So, anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, uh, and we highly recommend it. Moving on, the next item we have is my birthday is coming up, uh, which I mentioned because usually for my birth, well, not usually, last year I had an awesome magic birthday, which I, I, I have kind of two different groups of friends. I have my magic friends. And I have my non-magic friends. Mm-hmm. And in my for my birthday, I tried to have a magic day where we started and we did a cube draft. Then we all ate and had spaghetti. And then we were going to do this. And this is awesome, but it didn't turn out because of the timing of it. Uh, we didn't have enough time, but we wanted to do a um, charades, magic charades, which I have to credit. I, you know, this was really Jameson who came up with that. Uh, me and him are talking one day, and and uh, yeah, and That's awesome. isn't that a good idea? <laughs> so we we're gonna do magic charades, where you know you could do like you know standard, or you know we, we would have different, you know, because you because you know and no, you know, but <laughs> so there have to be some parameters around. It takes a little bit of work to actually set it up, but we but there wasn't enough time for it, so maybe we'll do it this year. But magic charades, and then we were going, and then afterwards we did a chaos draft where I got, we had, I believe we had. Ten people. Chaos draft, just in case you're not aware of what that is, chaos draft is when you take um, three packs, just like you know, if you're drafting Rise or, or M11 or whatever, but three packs of random, like older packs. So you could do three M11, but generally speaking, people take and they'll, they'll put an invasion, a pack of invasion, a pack of mirage, a pack of tempest. Uh, not necessarily always that old, but just three packs of whatever you want, and then everybody does. Yeah, so we wow. so what I did was I got I, I think we had ten people and I got everyone three separate packs. So there were thirty packs total and everyone had different thirty different sets. Unique yeah awesome. unique packs. That's impressive. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Sucks to be the guy that with legions. <laughs> there was a legions, yeah. There was a legions, there was a judgment, uh there was an onslaught. Let's see what else. But yeah, it was it was just a ton of fun. And then I had all my other friends come over and we did a kind of a you know board game night. I wanted all of them to kind of geek it out with me and take a step into my geekdom, you know, world and, and dork it up for a night. And everyone had a blast. It was super fun. And my magic friends, my non magic friends all got to hang out and play games together. But this year I'm gonna do it a little differently because the timing was just too tight and you don't wanna be finishing up a draft and all your guests start arriving, you have to entertain and stuff and you know, you have your you know, it just didn't work out, it's too tight. So this year what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have a day for magic, Sunday, the nineteenth, we'll do magic stuff. And then on my birthday, I think we're gonna go do some you know, we're gonna go to a bar and I'm gonna get the place and then we're gonna go do some stuff at midnight and some other plans. But anyway, for the magic stuff, I haven't decided, and I actually took a survey of some of my friends who I want to invite and see what they had to say, but I'm thinking now there's a lot of different options, and we have, I have a lot of packs, I have a lot of different stuff to do, and 
there's so many options. So this is what I really want to do. I want to get 12 people and I want to have three on three. I want to do a three on three Rochester cube team draft. Okay, so what that means. A Rochester draft is where you take a pack, you take all the cards, flip them upside down, so you reveal all the cards of the pack, you pick one, and then you go in order, and you wheel it around, and then come back, and then it goes for each person. So everyone gets to be first and last, and you basically just show all the cards, and in a three-on-three team Rochester draft, it is very skill-intensive. Why? Because each player... First of all, you know who you're playing against because you're positioned in a manner that your opponent, you'll know who your opponent is. So something like Swamp Walk might be more relevant because you can see they're drafting black. Or a Red Elemental Blast might be awesome, or whatever. Sure. And, or counter-drafting to make sure, you know, and, and yeah. your teammates can counter-draft for you, and you can try to push something through your teammate. There's a lot of complex interactions that can happen, and you have to make your decision within a very short amount of time, a couple seconds really. It's like 20 or 25 seconds and it goes down, whatever. So that's what I want to do, I think, right now. Although the other options could be a big chaos draft, a two-headed giant draft, or a bunch of two-headed giants, you know, or and this is one that this is what I initially came up with, and I'm not sure, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll think about it, but one big cube draft where we all just, I'll, and I'll, you know, get some prize support, we'll get everything together, and it's everyone for themselves, and whoever wins will get whatever the first prize is, as well as an additional prize, which is that they get to design whatever card they want, and it will make it into my cube forever, and I have ultimate veto power as long as it's not like zero mana, draw ten cards, or, you know, two mana, yeah. win the game, or something stupid, but as long as it's not redonkulous... It will make it into the cube, and it will be forever ingrained, and they will be legendary in my cube anyway. So uh, that's that's what I'm thinking. But I'm not. I haven't made up my mind, and I would love to hear from you guys if you have any ideas on fun formats that we could do for my birthday. Because I really want. I just love playing Magic, and I love having fun. And you know, we might do a couple formats. So I think we're going to switch it up. Um, so nonetheless. We want to get your feedback on that. Our information will be in the show notes and at the end of the show. So please give us your feedback and let us know what you think and if you've had any particular fun playing any formats. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back with some coverage of the recent Pro Tour. Intermission! Spikes. After that brief intermission, we took some time to look over the coverage of Pro Tour Amsterdam, which just wrapped up, and went to the corner store to get some Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> so, Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, we're we're good to go. Um, and Greg is going to give us a brief report on what just happened at Pro Tour Amsterdam. So go ahead, Greg. So um, here's the here's the top eight, um, and I'm gonna go quick through the quarterfinal matches. Um, Michael Jacob was playing Cruel Control against. Um, Brian Kibler's uh, Doran Treehouse deck. Ja- Jacob won five. Then uh, Mary Mergen Levier uh, was playing Merfolk against Wafo Tapa, playing a five-color control teachings deck. Tapa lost in four. Paul Reitzel was playing a white weenie deck against Thomas Ma, who was playing Jund, and Paul Reitzel won in three. Brad Nelson was playing a similar list to Brian 
uh, Killer's uh, Doran Treehouse list against Kai Boudet, uh, who was playing a white weedy deck, and we'll probably talk about Kai a little later, but uh, uh, Brad won in four. Then in the in the semifinals, uh, Brad Nelson was playing uh, Mergen and won in three with his Doran deck. And Paul Ritzel played Michael Jacob, and uh, we're not sure exactly how many games, but uh, Paul Ritzel won. And then in the finals... Ritzel kind of crushed Nelson. That's the that's the recap on, and the breakdown on the the different decks they were playing. So notably, there were some some missing decks. Yeah, um, in, indeed, we were just talking about how we actually right before Greg came over, I was listening to the Top Eight podcast with Michael J. Flores and um, Brian David Marshall. Flores was saying how he thought Power Match's Ascension could possibly be a huge deck and heavily played. It actually didn't top eight at all, uh, which is a surprise. Uh, also, along that same vein, was Fairies did not top eight, which in the early beginnings of the new extended, in my circles anyway, a lot yeah, of people everyone's talking about fairies. A lot of people, you know, thought fairies would be really, really good and would be one of the decks to beat for this extended. That's you know, that's the buzz I was hearing early on. And then thirdly, one of the other interesting decks was. Scape Shift, which did not top eight either, which I personally really actually like a lot. Yeah. And I really like that deck, but it did not do very well. Um, as well, it didn't top eight anyway. And so I thought that was kind of interesting that well, this format, you know, those three three of those deck types, none of them made it into the top eight. The exception of this, which a lot of people were talking about, was Go Over the Burn Willows. That combo of Punishing Fire, where you give them a life, use the Punishing Fire, get it back. You know, because they gain the life, pay one red mana. So it's just kind of a regrowable combo there, which is incredibly powerful. And two of the decks feature that combo in the top eight. So I thought that was that, that was kind of an interesting way that things broke down, don't you think? Yeah, I was honestly, when when looking at the decks that, that didn't make it, um, I was particularly surprised by, by Scape Shift. Uh, I was a little less surprised that, that, that Fairies didn't make it, because honestly, I think Fairies is going to be really, really, really good at the next extended event after the rotation. I think that you're, you're going you're gonna to lose some of the, the the pieces for some of these other decks, and Fairies isn't going to lose much, and it's going to be very... Um, it's just going to be a stronger Fairies deck than you saw um, before before Zenicar block. So um, I think Fairies we're going to see a lot of in the, in, in the next couple, coming years. I wasn't that surprised that we didn't see it. But Scapeshift lost almost nothing... From extended before to new extended. Well, it lost the lands, which is pretty huge. It, lo- it lost it lost some lands, but not not the not the not the the heart of the mechanic. Well, it, it, only in the sense that a lot of the lands that were both. Sure. I mean, it's, I mean, it's it, not. It, it doesn't. It's impactful. Don't get me wrong. It's impactful, but it, I mean, having a deck that was you know maybe tier one point five, you know, arguably you know arguably competitive for taking taking that deck and having the majority of that list when, after you shaved off all of these these different cards and, and you know pretty much everything else was just an, an absolute new um, archetype or, or list. Um, I thought I thought it'd be more competitive. I thought that 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 there'd be a list with with the scape shift uh, archetype that would have that would have at least top eight in. And we didn't see any of that. So that was surprising to me. Oh, yeah. And the Scape Shift deck is still very powerful, even with the lands. Uh, I think that there's just a lot of variety going on right now, which is cool. And the format is still obviously very new. This new extended format, we're testing the waters. And it seems 
obviously healthy as well because there's a lot of diversity. There were two white weenie decks, right, that were in yes. the top eight? Yes, Which is pretty cool. Um, just goes to show that white weenie has just proven itself through the ages. Although now, the, you know, the one drop back in the day that was a house, Savannah Lion, a 2-1 for one vanilla was just awesome. It was, you know, rare, like, just phenomenal. And now we have Student of Warfare. We have Figure of Destiny, Steplinks. Yeah. We have six sevens for one mana. Yeah. It's so... Pretty nuts, and the power creep is just so prevalent. Although, you know, it's 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 just kind of cool to see a great old format. Uh, oh, sorry, an old archetype coming back with such a strong finishing. An interesting parallel there that one of the decks was paralleled by a great old player coming back with a strong finishing, Kai Bude. Yeah. Who top aided, which should not be surprised to anyone. This guy is a phenom. This German juggernaut powerhouse. Incredible, incredible player. The amount of top eights and everything yeah, else four, he has, four, I mean, and top fours oh, and it's, finishes. It's insane. It's insane. I mean, I, I look, we, we looked at his stats a little earlier, and it's like 14 top, um, top, and was it top 16s at GPs or something like that? I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy, just an insane, stats. insane stats, and just awesome to see. And there's there's a lot of argument that goes on these days between the older players who. You know, arguably didn't have to compete with Moto. There weren't as many players that were playing back then. Yada, yada, yada. Versus these new breed of players who are running hot and there's much more com- competition now. But the thing that they don't take into consideration are, and John Finkel wrote on this in his article, is that there's a lot more ways to get points now than there were back then. Absolutely. There's a lot more opportunity. And you know what? A lot of those old players like Finkel came back and had that. So, you know, like... And, a and, lot of, and Kindler, I mean, Kindler even... Yep, Kibler, and then, you know, you also recently had Bob Maher at Gen Con, yep, yep. you know, getting second, and, 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 you know, it just shows that you got it, you got it, like, riding a bicycle, you can come back and apply those skills with a lot of these players, and it's, it's proven, it's time-tested. Whatever anyone wants to say, and I've heard all the arguments, we've had long, late-night debates about this, lots of friends who play with us, especially a lot of the newer players who don't remember back in the day and remember the greatness of these players, and they just, and they just kind of... Uh, compartmentalize that whole era as terrible, and yeah. everyone was playing with these terrible cards, and and there's no variety, and there's no competition, whatever. Nuts to that. These guys are great. Kai's once again shows that he's still a master, and it's just awesome to see him come back. A lot of these guys who you know, and we yeah, we're just having this argument. It's just having this argument with someone actually. But long story short, great player, you're a great player, and a lot of those skills can translate regardless of all the new dynamics that in and all the new competition, all the new formats. And it's awesome at 30 years old to have the record that he has. That's just phenomenal. We also just saw an interesting deck tech with Connolly Woods. What he calls, I think it was called the Midnight Special. Midnight Special, because he cre- he created it. Just brewed yeah. it up. Had not play tested the deck at all. Not one game going into the first round. And he just goes XO undefeated in standard. Insane, you know, day one, just insane. And props to him. What a great player. What a great mind for the game. Playing this band deck with main deck. First of all, you know, main deck. Meddling Mage is just four awesome. Co- yeah. Four cops of main deck, okay. Meddling Mage, and his and also his justification for having three Tomogoyfs is it was great. It was it was it was, it was so, phenomenal. It was yeah, it really you know shows how a great mind can work around the different problems of the game and solve the little intricacies and subtleties, and just having a deck and doing that well 
without play testing at all. Well, this is what he said actually. He, if you, if you, you know, you're watching the deck tech, listen for this because he actually says games. So he's actually playing out these games in his mind. Yeah, he said that he play tested it. Yeah, he play tested it in his own head. He's, he's playing out these games in his mind and seeing how things go, and that's just awesome. There used to be chess players that would do that. They would blindfold themselves and play whole games of chess blindfolded. And just remember where all the pieces were. Just next level so thinking. Crazy. Phenomenal. And great to see some of those skills applied to magic. I actually really thought the deck was it was it was pretty clever. And there's a lot of cool cool decks that came in. A lot of the five color controls were around and really four color controls or cool controls, I guess we could call them. Um you know, the mana base is still is still just nuts in this format. So it lends for a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of combo. That's that's around, um, but there's also a lot of combo breakers. And Dredge is still um, well. Dredge is the type of deck that there's so much ha- accessible hate for it, and it's not just hate for Dredge. It's also relevant against Grove of the Burnwills combo and other stuff like Relic of Progenitus, etc. Sure. A Dredge deck, I think, can beat. It, it's just gets it's got a lot of power. Although a lot is, I guess, now a lot is cycled out of the format. The Dredge lost a lot of tools, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, like the, the, there was there was one there was one uh, dredge deck that they did attack on land floodgasts, and it's gonna get worse. It's gonna get it's gonna get chopped up um, after after rotation too. I mean, right, but I was I was gonna make the point that even back when dredge is a deck that can do really really well, except for the fact that there's so much accessible hate that's not just for dredge. That people are gonna pack in their sideboards. Use that for something else. It's hard to it's 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 hard to take a dredge deck all the way, but it is still an incredibly powerful deck. And this new the new dredge that we saw today was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, it's really lost a lot of weapons. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so this new format's pretty cool. Uh, looks like there's a lot of diversity still going on, and that white weenie deck is just so beautifully simple. Yeah, it's just so it's great. Like those those two decks were eloquent in their in their you know in all those one drops and just people are having these haymakers these these cruel ultimatums. Oh, and that one play where they had the you know cruel ultimatum basically for the win to lock out you know to lock the mono white player not necessarily out of the game but discards his hand you know, loses a creature, only has two creatures on the board, his opponent gains five life, draws three cards, it has his mana completely, you know, he has access to seven color-specific mana on the board, etc. Tap a planes, mana tithe. Hold the card in hand, it's sitting face down, only land open. What a blog. Yeah, smooth, smooth roll. I mean, that was... That was just insane. So... Nonetheless, so, I mean, you know, really they, what we're they, getting at is we, we highly encourage you guys to take a look at some of the the PT Amsterdam yes, coverage. Yes, it is phenomenal. So, I mean, some of the, some if you're not familiar with the decks, highly encourage you to take a look at some of those deck decks as well because you get a little bit of an idea of, of what what was being played. Um, and it's also interesting just to hear the commentary of the folks of the folks that are piloting these decks because they offer really interesting insights that yeah. you might not think about. For example, Kibler's reasoning in his rationale for including the Thoughtseize's and the Duress's main was really interesting in yeah. that this new extended format is so much different than the last one. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, and, and they said if you're going to play this in another tournament, I would probably take these Thoughtseize's out. They were here for this tournament because of all of the, the Cruel Ultimatum type decks, all of the combo, the combo decks. And I think that 
know. Yeah, the Quill yeah. Ultimatum decks, the combo decks, you know, a lot of these decks that have, you know, that, that are fitting. Yeah, nausea, I mean, all Fitting, yeah, little, these these pieces. So, yeah, it's 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 a great format. There's a lot of diversity. And that White Weenie can, you know, place two in the top eight. Well, two in the top eight. And, and one awesome. of them one of them just go all the way. I mean, Paul, Paul Ritzel That's right, it takes John three zero in 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 the quarters. Uh huh. Um, Is it Ritzel or Reitzel? I think it's Reitzel. I think you're right. I think yeah, it's Reitzel. Uh, we don't have we don't have how he did against um, Jacob in terms of the the actual record, but in the finals he three out against Brad Nelson. Right. And also, so, kudos I mean, to Brad Nelson. What a freaking steamrolling monster. Right. Yeah. This guy is on the tear. Oh, FF Freak for the win. Wow. Second place at a Pro Tour. Like, I, I, I'm trying to remember. I mean, there's always going to be great players in Magic. There's always going to be new talent developed. And it's, and it's just awesome. It's part of the fun of the game. But this guy. And not only is he a phenomenal player and he you you know pilots these decks to great success yada 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 he just looks so funny and a lot of the pictures <laughs> he just seems like a great guy he's so funny a lot of the pictures he takes and he's got that you know, kind of not exactly the wolverine but he's kind of got the mud flaps going on and everything you know it's just awesome what a great guy and what a what a great player it's 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 really nice to see some of the new players that are coming up and doing so well and really bring on the next generation and, you know, who wants to compare, you know, LeBron James and Michael Jordan, whatever. Sure. But really, next generation of greatness is coming through, and that's great to see. And, and good job for him for doing so well. Uh, it's just great to see the diversity in 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 uh, decks and, and also players. But also, it's, it's nice to see some people who can really dominate. And yeah. you can either root for, root against. It's always nice to pick out your favorites. And, oh, who's going to get player of the year this year? Who's going to, you know, do well? And just... Strictly from my own, you know, nationalistic perspective or whatever. Like, it's cool to see some Americans doing really well, too, because, you know, it's so competitive now, especially with Japan, you know, doing, you know, doing what they do. And a lot of these other countries, America at one point in magic was the nuts powerhouse. It's like, it's like basketball. Right. It's like basketball. Right. We, we were, we were like dream team you know, absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing, absolutely <laughs> amazing, and then we sucked. <laughs> and it's not that we sucked so much as we couldn't do from a team standpoint what some of the other people could do, and that's and that's and that's what 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 Japan did. I mean, all, all these Japanese players, you know, work together to to make each other better and to and to just to to arrive on the scene and and. You know they took the world by storm, and recently we've you know been been bringing it back. We've been we we've been bringing it back with you know some some pretty um, incredible, in my opinion, um, players at the at the at the at the world scene. Are in the uh, the red, white, and blue. <laughs> yeah, well, the fact of the matter is is that the world is getting more competitive, and that's a good thing for Magic. It's, it's great for Magic. It's um, absolutely great for Magic. That being said, it's nice to see Americans doing well. Yeah. But, you know, I, but whatever. Kudos to how, everyone how else. About, how about Kibler? Yeah. Top inning. Top inning. Yeah, yeah Kibler is also, yeah. Welcome, welcome back. And man. by the way, you played against Kibler I did. At, at Nationals, I did. right? I did. I played, played a two-headed giant for a playset of M11, foil yep. playset. Well, it's not playset, but, but, a, but a, full, a full set of, of M11 foil. So oh, full set. Yeah. Oh, 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 just a full set. Yes. Okay, right. gotcha, gotcha. Um, and and you played two at a giant. You and you were with. I, I was I was playing with um with Calvin. Oh, 
I can't think of his name. Oh, Calvin, that's right. Yeah, so me, so me and Calvin too. played uh, at Nationals. We played, We actually played um, two sets of, of uh, two-headed giant. Uh, the first day was like Xbox for each player or whatever was, was a prize pool. We went, we went four and two, took eighth, didn't make it in the, the top four. Um, and then the second day, we went, uh, we went five and one um, to, to, to break into the, to the top four. Um, and then in, in the first round of, or in, I guess in, in the semis, we played um, uh, Kibler and Ben Rasmussen. And uh, that was a... That was now, a let me ask you this. Does Kibler really shuffle the cards that fast? It's, it's nuts. I watched it. It's, I, it's nuts. I it's watched like, it's like it's like something out of the Matrix. It's just so fast that you have difficulty <laughs> comprehending what's going on. I watched uh, I watched an episode of one of the GGs live. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen GGs live yet, they're on iTunes now. Go on iTunes, download everything. Phenomenal. Now, I watched one of the games that they had on GGs live with Diana, and she swore up and down she was absolutely convinced. That they were that the video was being manipulated and his hands were moving fast, like she could not believe that that was human speed. And I and I tried to show. I was like, no, you can't. And I and I cannot shuffle that fast. But he's just got so much energy. He's like going through his cards, and, you know. Yeah, it's just nervous. It's just nervous. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't describe. Kind of reminds but, me of. Uh, oh yeah, the Matrix is a game. He's got yeah. He's got the Matrix going on between his hands. That's funny. But yeah, it's it's just that's that's incredible, and and seems like a seems like a great guy um, from all the coach scene, and he's fun. Yeah, to no, play he, I, I, I thought it was, I, I mean it was it was it was a pleasure um, playing. I mean, they're both gentlemen. Um, yeah, it was just it was it was an absolute blast cool. playing them, and then subsequently you know, being their base. Yeah. So your <laughs> so your recommendation is if you can get to nationals next year, go right. Absolutely, Nationals is amazing. Oh, I, it's a lot of fun. We've got we've got so many stories. We're we're, we're not going to. I mean, Nationals is kind of old news, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, we've got. We've got I wasn't a, able to due to work and other commitments. I also wasn't able to go to Gen Con due to work and other commitments. But they're both awesome, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so we're going to wrap the show up now. Unless is there anything else we want to talk about this week? Um, not not in particular. I mean, okay, definitely we, take, well, take advantage. I, I would one quick thing. I, I would. Highly recommend that you um, take a look at um, cards that you might want to play in extended after rotation, because um, some of the cards that are going to get rotated out are are really really cheap right now. Like um, Netherrealm Query, Maelstrom um, Pulse, Noble Hierarch. Some of these cards that if you if you think that you might play them or that you think that they might have some value. The next time that extended is played, try and pick those up right now because those cards are like they're tanking right now in value, and they're lower than they will ever than they will be for. for and that's for a good a point while. because also, and that to further your point is that extend is that standard is not going to be relevant, right? You know, right? Correct. Now. There's, there's, there are no big events. So there's so no reason in between now and right and the next set. So there's no reason. Yeah. So. Absolutely, that's a, that's a very good point. Pick all those up. You know, I would also say, um, I'm just going to put it out there. I like the flag to re yeah. Is that it is? Yeah. Three, it's black, white, black, five, five, indestructible. Put a horror crux counter or whatever on one of your artifacts when it dies. Sacrifice flag to lich or witch or whatever. I say pick those up. I think they'll possibly be really good with the new artifact set coming out. Moving on. Uh, should we give them our, our contact info if they want to get yeah, a hold of us? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
We've got an email, uh, forcepikes at gmail.com, uh, F-O-R-C-E-S-P-I-K-E-S at gmail.com. Um, that same forcepikes um, can be found on Twitter. That's our, 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 our Twitter account. Um, both uh, myself and, and John also have our own personal Twitter accounts. You can reach me at uh, G3NGR3G. You can reach John at... Um, J B R O S T O F F J Um Yeah, so let's see if we get a hold of us. Um, we, we, we really, really would appreciate some feedback, particularly um, in the form of an email, you know, well thought out, you know, if you've got any questions, whatever. If you've got some some, some, some quick feedback, uh, feel free to, to, to hit us up on Twitter. Um, yeah, we, we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, and I definitely want to hear your thoughts on what to do for my birthday party because I want to have a blast. All my friends want to have a blast. And if you have any good suggestions or anything else, we'd love to try it out. We like having fun. We yeah. love this game. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are Force Bikes, and we will talk with you next week. Adios. Stars in her eyes. Who did you love and who loved her? Shut down!